I am sorry. I'm so socially awkward. I'm trying. I was up there and I'm like tripping, falling down the stairs, greeting people twice. Ah, but it's, it's so good to be here with you guys. I'm glad that you are here with us. If you're joining us online, we are grateful for your presence as well. Uh, we're, we're finishing out our series straight out of context in the, the verse that we talk about today. I'm sure you've heard before, uh, but, but it, it reminded me of a story my, my dad has told uh, a lot of times, so maybe you've heard it before. It, it starts with the little boy. We'll call this little boy Johnny. Uh, Johnny, he's sitting in his bedroom. His dad comes in and sits down next to him and says, Johnny, I know that you have been wanting a little baby brother for a very long time. So let's say, uh, how about you start praying for that baby brother every single day for the next month, you pray for a baby brother and then maybe God will give you a baby brother. Johnny says, okay, I can do that. So Johnny, he starts praying every single day and about two weeks go by and, and he's prayed every single day and nothing is happening. There is no baby brother to be seen. So Johnny thinks, I'm done, I give up. Why should I keep praying if I'm not receiving what I've been praying for? A couple more weeks go by and eventually Johnny's dad walks in the door with two bundles of joy in his arms, sits down next to Johnny and says, Johnny, look, not just one baby brother, but two baby brothers. Aren't you so glad that you prayed? Johnny, he looks at the babies, then he looks at his dad, and he says, aren't you so glad that I stopped when I did? <laughs> and it's a funny story. I, I've always loved it, but there is a, there's a hard truth being illustrated through that story. Because the truth is, sometimes we can feel like our prayers, they are not being heard, so we give up as a result. Have you ever felt like giving up on prayer, I think truthfully, we've, we probably have all been there. We know exactly what we want. So we pray and we pray and we pray some more. And sometimes maybe those prayers, they are answered and it's incredible, right? But, but, but we all know that there are times when we pray and we, we do not receive what we had prayed for. And it leaves us feeling confused. So it leaves us feeling frustrated. And we, we begin to think, well, why should I keep praying if I'm not going to receive what I pray for? Well, what's, the, what's the point? What prayers did you give up on? Is there a prayer that comes to your mind? We give up and we're left wondering why. We're, we're left questioning God. Why is God not responding? Well, why is God not doing something? Why is God not giving me what I've been praying for? And that leads us to start questioning ourselves. Am, am I not good enough? Is my faith not strong enough? Am I not praying enough? What do I have to do? What do I have to say? Why can't I have things my way? And that's what it boils down to, right? My way. I'm sure we have all had my way syndrome at some time in our life. We know, we think we know what we want. We think we know when we want it. And it's almost as if we're, we're creating this line. <sighs> it's the last service. 
Last night, this was a disaster when I tried to do it. But it's like we create this line and we're separating ourselves from God. Like on one side, we got my way, right? And then on the other side, we got God's way. And the truth is, oh, okay, yep. I'm going to need that later. Thanks, buddy. Uh, should I just pray and leave? Um, <laughs> it's like we separate ourselves. We got my way on this side. We got God's way on this side. We would love to live in my way. We'd love to get everything we want, but still also get the good things from God. But the problem with my way, when we live only in my way, it distorts our vision of prayer. And it's almost like we begin treating God like a, a Burger King. We want to have it my way. So we pull up in prayer, right? And we start telling God exactly what we want. We give God the list of ingredients. Hey, here's what I want. Here's when I want it by. Make sure those fries are fresh. Make sure there's no ice in my soda and make it quick because I got to get to work. And then when it's not done my way, we get frustrated, we get angry, we get hurt. And we say, I'm never coming here again. I give up. Well, you should have gone to Culver's instead in the first place. <laughs> Linda, can you tell Bill that so I could get some free cheese curds or something? Um, uh, but the point is, God, he is not a fast food restaurant. God is not a drive through window. We don't get to tell him exactly what we want and the way we want things and then expect him to fulfill the order my way. And the problem is, like we said, as we remain on this side, when we're so focused on just what we want, our vision of prayer, it becomes distorted. Rather than just communing and, and conversing with God, we're reading God a to-go order and, and saying, make it quick, please. I, I got to go. I got a life to live. I got things to do. Then when our order is all wrong, we start to believe that maybe God isn't listening. Maybe God doesn't even care. So we just give up. When all actuality, God, he is leaning in towards us. God, he wants us to pour out our hearts to him. He wants us to make requests. He wants us to trust in him. Even when we don't receive what we are praying for, keep trusting in me. But how can we do that when we're so focused on what we feel like we want, what we feel like we need, stuck on this side of my way? What can help us lead us out of that selfishness, out of just what we want and lead us over to God's way? How can we pray for what we want, but still trust God if we do not receive what we prayed for? What are the ingredients to a healthy prayer life? And what exactly is the purpose of prayer if we don't get to have it my way all the time? There's a verse in, in Matthew chapter seven. That's the verse we're talking about today. And Jesus, he is, he is seated and he is teaching his disciples. And you can kind of imagine the disciples right near Jesus listening to what Jesus says. But if you look beyond the disciples, there's a large crowd of people gathered and they are listening into what Jesus is telling the disciples. And this was called the Sermon on the Mount. And through this sermon, Jesus, he talks about a number of things. He talks about prayer, 
a few different times, but in this specific verse, here's something he says about prayer. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Now, it could be pretty easy to read that verse and misinterpret it. And the danger of misinterpreting that, ver- that verse is that we can think that prayer is all about my way. That it's a one and done kind of thing. We ask, we seek, we knock, and we are going to get exactly what we want. And we run the risk of believing that prayer is only about what we receive as a result. That we pray to inform God of what we want. That we pray to instruct God on how we want it. That we pray to influence God of when and where we want it. We have to realize it's not to inform It's not to instruct, it's not to influence God, but prayer is all about inviting God. It's not about what, it's not about how, it's not about when, it's not about where, it's all about him. It's about inviting God into this moment that we are experiencing. It's about inviting God into the struggle that we're dealing with. It's about inviting God into the joy that we are living in. Prayer is about conversing, connecting with God. It's about a relationship with him. It's about giving him praise for his goodness, no matter what. But when we get stuck on my way, when we get stuck on this side, we can lose sight of that. We can lose sight of the purpose of prayer. And when we do that, we lose sight of God. When we give up on prayer, we are basically giving up on God as a result. We're giving up on understanding exactly why God maybe isn't giving us what we are praying for. We give up on hoping that maybe that prayer could ever be answered, that our our God, he can do anything at all. My son, David, he is eight years old. He is in the third grade this year, and I'm pretty sure he would love it if his mom and I were a drive-through window. Because he has a lot of requests. And a lot of those requests, they get denied. Um, One request that he's been making for a long time is a cell phone. He wants a cell phone. So he'll ask his mom and me. He'll bring up the discussion sometimes. And immediately we'll say, no, you're not getting a cell phone. And he'll say, but why? Last year, when he was in second grade, They were doing opinions and and reasons that you believe those specific opinions. Um, And the topic was kids and cell phones. He's probably thinking, oh, this is an answer from God. I'm going to write the best reason so I can show it to my parents and they will have to buy me a cell phone. Here's what he wrote. And I'll read it for you in case you can't decipher his uh, second grade writing. But he says, I think kids should have a cell phone. Reason one, imagine you had no tablet in your room. If you had a cell phone, you could play on it. Duh. Reason two, imagine you got lost in New York. (laughs) That's like a pencil drop. He's like, I don't even need a reason number three, even though the instructions say three reasons. You get lost in New York, that's enough right there. Think he's watching too much Home Alone. He's pretty determined, but my wife and I, we are not budging. He's eight. He does not need a cell phone and we are not going to New York anytime soon. (laughs) Though he thinks he knows exactly what he wants right now, he has to trust that his parents know better. He has to trust that, that we want what is best for him. So sometimes that means not giving him exactly what he wants. 
But it's so cool to watch him. Though he gets frustrated, though he asks why, as he matures, he's, he's continuing to understand where we are coming from. He, he's trying to understand why we're saying no. And he's trying to keep hoping that maybe eventually when he does get older, when there will be a day where he gets his own cell phone. And why does he keep trying to understand? Why does he keep hoping? Because he knows that we have given him good things before. So why would we stop? He's trusting in us because of our goodness to him in the past. He's trusting that we know what is best for him. My, my, my littlest one, JJ, though, he is a two-year-old and he does not have that maturity level yet. <laughs> I took a toothbrush from him yesterday and he lost his mind. I thought we were gonna have to call an exorcist. He, he just, he's, he's, he does not want to understand. He doesn't care anything about hope. He just wants his way. He wants my way now or else you're gonna have a hard time with me. But he is the sweetest little boy, I promise. But as you mature, as you continue to grow, as he continues to know his mother and me, he's, his trust is going to be built and he's going to know, oh, mom and dad actually do have my best interest in mind so I can trust them. I can understand where they're coming from and I can continue to hope that they will give me what I need. And that's the same kind of trust we need to have in God. Though we don't always receive what we pray for, we keep trusting. We have to align our understanding with God's understanding. If we try to understand without trusting God, we're going to only focus on what we have not yet received. We're only going to focus on my way. But when we put our trust in God first, when we align our thoughts with his, we keep hope alive. Because we know that God, he has given us good things before. So why would he stop now? In the book of Proverbs, it says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Trust that is the foundation we need for our prayers. We have faith that God knows best and he knows what he is doing. He has our best interest in mind. And we rely on his understanding. We move forward in peace. We follow him and he will lead us. Not down crazy, twisty, turny paths, but down a straight path because he wants what's best for us. But we have to draw in close to him. We have to keep praying. We keep leaning into God as he is forever leaning into us. And that will give us hope. Hope to keep praying. Hope to keep praising Hope to keep believing that God is good no matter what. That's exactly why Jesus said those three words, ask, seek, knock. As we look at this passage in Matthew, as we look at, look at it more closely, we'll begin to see this truth that is popping out from the scripture. And it's going to help us stop treating God like a drive through window, but help us start to trust him and his goodness and his wisdom. And trust him in all things, in all situations. Jesus, he's actually showing us the ingredients that we need. What we need so we will not give up as we pursue God in prayer. And on this foundation of trust that we've built in God, right? We know who we're going 
to in prayer. As we have trust in him, the table, it is ready for us to start mixing and preparing those ingredients together. So let's look at that verse again, along with the the passage that comes directly after it. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Now, sometimes with context, it's not just about what comes before the passage. It's not just about what comes after the passage. It's not uh, everything that is happening in that specific chapter. Obviously, that stuff helps. That is part of the context. But another way to look at the context of a specific verse is to look at how it was originally written. In this verse, it was originally written in Greek. And the, the verbs that Jesus is using, these action words, right? He's not just using them as commands, ask, seek, knock, but the, in the form that they were written in, here's a, a little Greek lesson, but there's an imperfective imperative form that is used for some verbs. And when, when verbs are written in that form, it's like an action that just keeps repeating. It keeps going and going. It's like the Energizer Bunny, baby. It just keeps going. It's not a single use word. It's almost as if Jesus was saying, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't stop. And the other thing we see about those specific words, it's the progression, right? The intensity, it builds as you progress from one word to the next. One thing that um, my family loves is apple cider donuts. Are you with me? Oh my gosh, they're the best. Like crack cocaine. I mean, crack cocaine's not the best. Oh my gosh. I like donuts, okay? I just... Again, I should just pray and leave. Um, Oh my gosh, what is wrong with me? But so if we go to Edwards, we're actually going to Edwards today. Um, We will come home with a bag of apple cider donuts. We, We love them. So let's imagine I'm at home. I'm sitting. I get this craving for apple cider donuts. I know that we have a bag. What's the first thing I do? I ask my wife, hey, babe. Where's the donuts? She did not like the way I depicted her response last night. So I have to say it nicely. She responds in a very angelic, loving, wifey way. And she, <laughs> she says, yes, dear. Oh, dear, the, the, the donuts are in the, in the kitchen. Would you like me to get you some? Is that better? Yeah. Uh, but she tells me the donuts are, I ask, she says they're in the kitchen. So I get up and I go into the kitchen and I start to seek out those donuts. I start searching everywhere. I'm looking for those donuts. I even look at the, on the top of the fridge. That's where you keep the good stuff, right? If you got kids, it's the top of the fridge, that's where it's at. I can't find the donuts anywhere. The next step is to go to my son's room, start knocking on that door. Yo, buddy, you got the donuts in there? I'm not leaving until I get some donuts. Do you see the intensity building? That's what Jesus was trying to exhibit with these words. He is showing the progressive intensity of prayer. He's saying, step it up. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking, keep moving forward. And through that, we see that Jesus, he is giving us the ingredients for progressive prayer. Prayer that continues to develop. 
Prayer that leads us step by step until eventually we are in the presence of God, moving from my way and moving over into his way. Remember, it starts with a a foundation of trust, though, putting our full trust in God as we go to him in prayer. And then we start with ask. And I love that because it's so simple. We start just by simply conversing with God, just talking to him about maybe your day, what you're going through, what you're, what you're wondering, what you're doubting, what, what is going on. You just start talking to God. Let him know what's on your heart. And here's the best part. God, he already knows. We are not informing God of anything. God, he knows our requests before we even ask them but we are simply opening our hearts to him, bringing our requests to him. We ask and we unburden our hearts. We ask and we converse with him. We ask and we invite him into the situation that we're dealing with. And we keep on asking with confidence and humility. We ask with confidence because we know he is sovereign. We know that he is capable and able to do absolutely anything. But we also ask with humility because we know without a doubt that his way is the best way. And it's not about what we get as a result. We ask and through that we receive a heart that aligns with his heart. We begin to to see why he loves us. We, We begin to see that he wants what's best for us. So our heart is shifting and moving, aligning with his way and not my way. That's our goal. We're trying to get out of my way. We're trying to get to his way, trying to rest in his way no matter what. But to start that process, we have to participate in prayer. So that's the first ingredient to progressive prayer, participation. You got to start somewhere. So just start talking with God. Just start asking, start pouring your heart out to him and keep doing it no matter what. And this is going to help us keep developing. It's going to help us keep moving forward, building our relationship with God. And then we progress to the next action we seek. We are not just searching for donuts, right? We seek to understand. We seek his purpose and we can seek his word for that. We can search the Bible for, through scripture for that. We, we have once, right? And it's okay to have once, but when we seek the truth and authority of God first, then we will find contentment with whatever God provides. We are seeking God and we are making him our priority no matter what. We are seeking him first before anything. We seek him with a passion. And that's the next ingredient for our progressive prayer. It is passion. And you will know passion is like a a strong, a barely controllable emotion. We are just pushing all of our efforts, all of our motions into God, seeking him first before anything else. We ask, we seek, and then through that, as we keep drawing closer to God, as we lean into him, God, he is gonna fuel our passion with his truth and his promises that we find in his word. And as we draw closer to him, as we continue to seek him with a passion, we will receive understanding of his good character. We begin to see him so much more clearly through scripture, through his promises that he has not stopped giving us good things. And we see that and we understand where maybe he's coming from. But we can't stop. We got to keep 
asking. We got to keep seeking. We got to keep trusting he has a plan. That's why we don't give up. And then that leads us to progressing to the next action we knock. I'm sure everyone has knocked on a closed door before, right? There's some resistance there. You're knocking so you can be let in. You're knocking, hoping that you can receive what is ever on the, the other side of that door. As we knock, we are not trying to influence God, but instead we are simply trying to get into his presence, trying to submit and surrender to his way, trying to let go of my way and, and our own expectations of what we think we want, and instead just trying to rest in him. And the problem we face when we treat God like a drive through window, when we are so stuck on this side, when we're just focused on my way, when we start knocking, usually we're, we're knocking on the wrong door. We're on the wrong side. We're stuck on my way. So we're knocking on a door and we're hoping that as that door, as door number one opens, that exactly what we prayed for is going to be on that other side. If we keep knocking and then we get frustrated and then we end up giving up. But when we ask first, when we align our hearts with God, when we seek him before anything else, as we try to understand where he's coming from because of his good character, then that helps us cross over to my way. And then we are starting to knock on the right door, not knocking so that we can receive exactly what we want, but knocking so that we can just enter into his presence and submit and surrender to him. So we keep knocking no matter what. We keep yearning for his presence. We keep inviting him to have his way in our situation. But we have to be persistent. We can't stop. We have to keep going. We have to keep seeking and asking and resting in him. And that's the next ingredient for progressive prayer. It is persistence. We knock on the right door on his side, and we knock with earnestness and perseverance. With persistence, we don't give up. We knock so that we can simply enter into the presence of God and surrender to him. And as we mix all of those ingredients together on our foundation of trust, we will progress and participate in passionate and persistent prayer. No matter what situation we face in life, we will progress in prayer. There's an author, a scholar named E. Stanley Jones, and he once said this, prayer is surrender, surrender to the will of God and cooperation with that will. If I throw out a boat hook from a boat and catch hold of the shore and pull, do I pull the shore to me or do I pull myself to the shore? Prayer is not pulling God to my will, but the aligning of my will to the will of God, when we pray, we're not throwing out our boat hook, trying to pull his way over to my way. When we pray, we're trying to draw ourselves closer to God, moving out of our own expectations, moving out of my way and moving into his way. And that doesn't mean we can't make requests to him. It's the opposite. We can ask, we can seek, we can knock repeatedly over and over, but we submit to his decision. We submit to his way. And with our, our trust fully in God, we pray a prayer of progression. We keep pulling ourselves closer to God. We ask and align our heart with God's heart. We seek and lean on God's understanding and goodness. We knock and we enter into God's presence and rest in his 
way, knowing that he wants what, uh, what is best for us, knowing he has the best intentions for us. We pray and we don't give up and we place ourselves closer and closer to him. After Jesus had told the people to keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking, he says this, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Jesus, he, he's painting a picture of who God is. He is explaining exactly who we are coming to in prayer. He's showing that our whole motivation to ask, to seek, and to knock, it rests on knowing that our God in heaven is like a loving father who delights in loving us, and he delights to care for us, and he delights to provide for us. And knowing this will help us remember that God's way is the best way no matter what. Prayer is not about what we receive, but instead all about what we believe that God's way is the best way. So we ask, we seek, and we knock. We draw closer and closer to God in prayer. And we, when we believe that his way is the best way, it will not matter how long we have to wait we are trusting in him. We're trusting in his intentions and his goodness for our lives. We're resting in the knowledge that we serve a loving heavenly father who wants what's best for us and who wants a relationship with us. But how do we know that God wants a relationship with us? How do we know exactly that, that God really wants what's best for our lives? Well, truthfully, God, he's already proven it. God, he's gone through the motions. He's gone through the steps to prove to us how much he does not want to be separated from us, to prove to us how much he wants his goodness in our lives, to prove to us how much he wants a relationship with us. And we know that because he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to this earth. Because here's the truth, my way and God's way, this separation, this division, it has been going on for a very long time. We, have been separ we were separated from God because of our sin, stuck outside of God's way. But then here comes Jesus, he comes to earth and he lives a perfect life. And Jesus dies on the cross becoming our sacrifice, placed in an empty tomb, but three days later, by the power of God, Jesus was raised from the dead, declaring that sin would no longer hold us captive to my way, allowing us a new way to get over to God's way. Because when Jesus was raised from the dead and sin was declared over and no longer holding us captive, oh my gosh. It's supposed to be a cross, guys. Making a cross up here. But because of Jesus, because of his sacrifice, we have a way to cross over into God's way, leaving my way behind. No longer being held captive by sin, by our past mistakes. As we truly seek God, as we ask and seek and knock, and we try to get into the presence of God, as we draw closer to him, we have that way because of Jesus. 
And so there's nothing that can keep us from God. Absolutely nothing can keep us from crossing over to his way. So we can let go of the my way. Here's what Paul wrote in the book of Romans. Through faith in Jesus, we have received God's grace. In that grace, we stand. We are full of joy because we expect to share in God's glory. That's not all. We are full of joy even when we suffer. We are full of joy even when we suffer. We are full of joy even when things don't go the way we plan. Even when we do not receive what we plan. Pray for, we are full of joy because we know our suffering gives us strength to go on. The strength to go on, it produces character. Character produces hope and hope will never bring us shame. That's because God's love has been poured into our hearts. This happened through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Because of Jesus, we are able to cross over from my way and we can remain in his way. We can stand in grace because of the sacrifice that Jesus made on our behalf, we can let go of our selfishness. We can let go of the expectation of always getting it my way. And we could submit and surrender to his way because we know that we serve a God who is good and loving, a God who has given us the Holy Spirit through which we receive peace and comfort. So we practice progressive prayer. And we live in persevering hope, inviting God into every single moment of our lives, every situation, every difficulty, every moment of joy. We stand with grace and we give our good God praise no matter what. And we keep on asking in the name of Jesus, we will receive a heart aligned with God's. And we keep on seeking in in the name of Jesus, we will find understanding in God's good character. We keep on knocking and in the name of Jesus, that door, it will be open to us and we will have access to the presence of God, leaving the my way behind and resting only in his way. I know that some of you, maybe you've come into this room today with uncertainty on your shoulders. I have that, those same uncertainties in my life. There's prayers that I've been praying that I'm not receiving that answer. I know without a doubt that my God, he could heal my mom just like that. The Alzheimer's would just go away and she would be completely restored because that is the God that we serve. But what I know even more than that is that his way is the best way. And that he is beyond Alzheimer's. He is beyond anything that we will face on this earth. And there is a joy beyond every suffering that we face and endure. And so I will rest in his way no matter what. Because I know he has the best intentions for my family. I know he has the best intentions for my life. And I will never let go of that. But I have to keep praying. I have to keep drawing myself closer to him. I have to keep throwing out that boat hook and just pulling myself closer to him as I ask, seek, and knock. What prayer have you given up on? Is there a prayer that came to your mind? Is it time to start praying that prayer again? And not so that you might receive what you pray for, but so that you could draw yourself closer to God so that you could leave my way and enter into his way and rest in his presence, rest and submit to his decisions and to his sovereignty. 
And maybe you've come today and you don't know how to utter that prayer. You don't even know how to start asking. Come forward during this last song and we will pray for you. You tell us the song and we will, or the song, we will, you tell us the prayer and we will pray it with you. Or maybe you've come today and you are just sick and tired of living in my way. You're sick and tired of, of, of being held captive to your past mistakes, to the shame and regret, and you are ready to cross over and start living surrendered and submitted to Jesus Christ. And you want to be baptized today. The water, it is ready. We have one baptism already happening. So if you'd like to be baptized today, just come forward during this last song and we will make it happen. Last couple things I'm going to tell you. We have a dream of this church just always being closer and closer and closer to God, surrendered and submitted to his way. And part of how we do that is, is we surrender and submit to Jesus. Um, but as you leave today, you will receive a prayer guide. Our, one of our pastors, Dave, meeting, he put this together and it is awesome. Take this home today. You could start praying these prayers every single day. And we want to do this together as a church so that we're just pulling ourselves closer to God. And maybe you, you've never prayed before. Maybe you don't know where to start. Well, this is a place where you can start, take it home, start praying. And then tonight we are gathering together as a church family at our Janesville campus. We're going to have a night of, of worship and prayer. We're actually trying to get enough people there so that we could surround that whole building uh, outside. We, we want to... <laughs> We, we want to stand in a circle, holding hands, surrounding that building and, and celebrating God for what he is doing there, what he is doing with our church all over. So if you would, if you would join us there tonight, that would be wonderful. I'm hesitant to tell you this, but uh, there will be apple cider donuts. I, I could just eat them all myself, but we'll also have apple cider. So just come for a night of worship, a time of prayer and a time of fellowship. Um, but if you would stand with me now, I'd love to pray with you before I get off the stage. Let's bow together. Heavenly Father, we come before you. We are so grateful that you are sovereign, God, that you are capable and able to do anything. But we are so grateful that you have our interest in mind that your way is the best way. So we continue to submit to you. We continue to surrender to you and continue to follow you with all of our hearts, God. Continue to understand your goodness. Continue to trust and hope that your way is the best way. And we thank you so much for Jesus. We thank you for allowing us to be able to cross over away from my way and into your way, all because of the grace that we stand in because of Jesus and his sacrifice. You are so good, God, and we just want to give back to you and declare in your name that we are yours. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Central Wire podcast. Be sure to stay connected with us at centralwire.com and follow us on our social media platforms. That way you can stay up to date with what's happening here at Central. And as always, have a great week.